1966, a movie by the name of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly was released. It was a Western starring none other than Clint Eastwood. And on August 8th, 2022, Donald J. Trump had his residence raided by the FBI. And now begins the good, the bad, and the ugly for the United States of America. What do I mean by that? Well, let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins. Today is a day that will go down in history. Today is August 8th, 2022. It is 10.52 p.m. Usually I'm maybe in bed or watching TV, hanging out with the fam. If anyone's still awake right now, my husband's asleep, the baby's asleep. I think my stepson might be awake still. Maybe he's sleeping. But this isn't the time of night that I usually do the shows. Sometimes. But I had to. Because of the breaking news that broke earlier this evening. I mean, it's like a bomb went off. Metaphorically. Because today, our illustrious former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, received a knock on his door from the FBI. The FBI raided his residence at Mar-a-Lago down in Florida. That's right. It is said that back in June, for some reason that hasn't been released yet, because a lot of times these things are sort of top secret unless somebody leaks things or until things go to trial or whatever, but something happened in June where federal authorities were speaking to Trump's attorneys and they said, you know, we see that there's some information possibly down in the safe or in this room or in this area. Why don't you just keep that under wraps? Make sure it's nothing goes wrong with these items and Trump's attorneys obliged. And when I actually, by the way, when I heard that, I was like, why would they participate? Why didn't they just start flushing things down the toilet or hiding or telling Trump or moving it? But they all know a federal crime. If they do that, they'll go to jail. And I don't think they want to go to jail for anyone, especially for Donald Trump, who they all know is a liar. They know. So whatever documents, items, whatever these things are that we all don't know yet, were kept safe and sound back in June. And then today, the Department of Justice signed off on a warrant for them to raid the residents, and they have allegedly broken into or cracked the safe and taken out items and or documents. And we don't know specifically what he what they took, but what they're saying is this has to do with the. Let me. I want to make sure that I get it straight because I, I looked this up online. It has to do with the Presidential Records Act. This act was created January 20th, 1981. Um, It basically says, and it mandates the preservation of all presidential records, whether it be the president or the vice president. You cannot take things 
from the White House or wherever that have to do with being president when you leave. Nothing. Not a picture on the wall, you know, not a book that is a document of something or a copy of your signed bill or whatever because you're like, oh, I want to put this up in my living room, you know, nothing. And so there was always the chance that maybe it was, you know, just a memento or two that he took because we've heard about these documents that he took. I heard like, I don't know, a couple years ago now that he took things. So I don't know what happened, what shifted and why it's in this position, but here we are. And I was watching the news today and there's one of the talking head experts and he said something that I almost found chilling. He said, look, the DOJ, Department of Justice, and the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, they are not going to raid Mar-a-Lago because Donald Trump took a painting off the wall or a piece of something. Like, that's just not gonna happen. He said, whatever he took or whatever he did has to be huge or else they wouldn't have done this. So between June and now, we don't know what happened or who spoke, but it seems to be like I was reading on Twitter and reading online and watching the news, like doing all the research for the show and just trying to get all the information. What people are surmising is that Donald Trump, our illustrious former president, took some kind of uh, documents, including communication records or something, and somebody spoke. Somebody flipped on Donald Trump because they knew exactly where to find the items and they knew what they were looking for. So somebody on the inside bent over and said, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. Here's the information you need and here's where you get it. Somebody flipped. Now, this hasn't been confirmed yet, but that's just what most of us who pay attention to these things are surmising, because how else did they know the specifics? And that's the thing with the federal government. They don't play. The federal government doesn't investigate, doesn't take up um, cases, doesn't indict people, doesn't charge people, do all of that stuff, unless they have their shit together. I was just talking about this earlier with my stepson. We're sitting, you know, eating dinner. And I mentioned that uh, to my husband and my stepson's there too. I said, you know, did you hear that Shakira, the famous, you know, Shakira, Shakira, oh, my hips don't lie. I hate that song, but whatever. She's very talented, um, is up on tax evasion. And they're investigating her for that. I don't know the details because I haven't heard anything else about it, but I think I read that there was a chance she faces up to eight years in prison. Like, again, federal government doesn't play, especially when you're a multimillionaire and you don't pay your taxes. Exhibit A, Wesley Snipes, a very famous actor. A lot of you young people probably haven't heard of him because he was in jail for many years. He was a huge, very successful, very popular actor in the late 80s, early 90s, and then went to jail and his career never recovered just for tax evasion, like millions of dollars of tax evasion. And my stepson, who's 16, who's not, you know, politically really motivated, he's 16, but he said, well, she's a rich celebrity. She can probably get the best attorneys. With the federal government, it doesn't matter. 
because the feds don't play. They have access to everything. They know whatever they need to know. And if they don't know, they find out. And if they're coming for you, they usually get you. And so that's where we are with Donald Trump. And I named this show The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly because first I want to talk about the good. The good is the fact that somebody who's committed his, somebody who has committed crimes throughout almost his entire adult life who for the most part has gotten away with just slaps on the wrist, whether it was, hey, I don't rent apartments to black people or I don't sell buildings or apartments to black people. Like this is what he did. He got caught doing that multiple times. And then he said he wouldn't do it again. And they did it again. He did it again. There's so many things that he did, whether it was, you know, stuff he did to women and stuff he did with women and hush money and money being moved around and threatening people. And he's done so much and he's always been able to get away with it because the really, really rich people in this country generally can because the rest of us can't stand up to someone like that because all he'll do is threaten you with lawyers and scare you away and you can't afford to be in court the way he can. So he's gotten away with so much forever. But in the last couple years, his world has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Things are closing in on him. He's under investigation in New York. He's under investigation in Georgia. Now, and that's just like state crimes and maybe some federal. And now he's under investigation for whatever's going on with this presidential records stuff that he took. And um, apparently it was leaked in the last few days that he's actually spooked by all of these investigations. You know, in the past, he's always been like, whatever, I'll let my lawyers handle it because he's always gotten away with stuff. But now he sees, oh, crap, like I really need to run for president so I can be protected from these things. He doesn't care about this country. So the good part is he may actually be punished for at least one of the wrongs that he's done. And this may or may not have anything to do with January 6th. It's just like the icing on the cake. And that's the thing that brings me to the bad, if you will. Again, the good is he may be punished for the wrongs that he's done. But the bad is something very different. And because I do shorter shows, my summer series, I'm not going to break up this show with a commercial break, but I want to take a moment before I tell you the bad and tell you how you can keep in touch with the show and how you can help me out. So for those of you who are joining the show for the very first time, thank you for listening. I don't know how you found the show, but I'm glad you did. And for those of you who have been longtime supportive listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. I truly appreciate it. Um, how you can help me out is if you have something to say, questions, comments, concerns that you want to share with the show, click that voice message link in the show notes. It just says leave a voice message. I'd love to hear from you guys. What do you think about Donald Trump and this whole investigation or anything else that I've talked about on any of the other episodes? Hearing from you guys is awesome. Um, if you want to keep in touch with me, Check me out on uh, Instagram at Jody Rollins. I post the most updates about the show 
on my Instagram story. So don't forget to check those out. And you can always DM me there. I love to hear from you guys. And I'm on Twitter at Jody's Box. There we talk, uh, or at least I talk, political stuff and Big Brother. Two very different things, but both dramatic, that's for sure. But uh, if you want to write the show, you can write me at BigTimeSmallTalkPodcast at gmail.com. And I say this every week, but I'm just going to keep asking. And I even mentioned the other day that I listen to a bunch of podcasts and they always say, hey, rate us and click those five stars. And I never do it. So I've started to do it myself. It takes literally a second to click the five stars. Written review might take you two minutes, but I'm just asking if you enjoy the show, take a moment. It's free. This is the currency. Take a moment and click those five stars or whatever makes sense for you. I guess if you don't like the show, maybe keep listening until you do. And then write a written review and please share with other people what you like about the show and what you enjoy. It makes a huge difference with whether or not people will listen or if they'll just keep scrolling on by looking for other podcasts. They check those reviews. They matter. Um, and then also, please share the show. It really, really helps. I am dedicated to this show. It takes a long time these days to grow a podcast from the ground up when you're not a celebrity. When you, I mean, I was on a reality show and I had a little modicum of fame and following, but I'm not on The Bachelorette or um, Amazing Race, or I wasn't even on Big Brother long enough. I mean, those people have hundreds of thousands and sometimes even millions of followers, followers on social media who could tune into a podcast if they made one. And a lot of times those people make podcasts, they get bored and they just drop it. I think I read a study that said the average podcast lasts, I think, eight or nine episodes and then they give up. So I'm already in 117 episodes and I'm dedicated to keep going. The show continues to grow. Does it grow at the pace that I would like it to? No, but it ebbs and flows. Sometimes it speeds up, sometimes it slows down, but it always continues to grow. And I appreciate that. So please share an episode or two with a friend or a family member or somebody who you think might enjoy the show because that really, really helps. And um, yeah, so thank you guys for listening. And I hope you will get in contact with the show or at least review it or share it or all of the above. Now, now that I got the business out of the way, the bad. We discussed the good. Trump getting his just desserts, if you will. And we don't know that he's going to get that. But even the fact that he's being investigated or got this raid by the FBI, it's a start, you know, because watching somebody get away with metaphorical murder time and time again is difficult especially when he was the leader of the free world, the most powerful, powerful person on earth. And he's so shady and devious and crooked. He's quite the grifter. But the bad part is that the Trump supporters won't believe it. The, the true Trumpers will think that this is a political witch hunt that it's all lies, that he's done nothing wrong, he's a good man. I saw something on the, oh God. He was at CPAC, which is some conservative political action. I don't even, is that what it stands for? Now that I said that, I just wanna Google that <laughs> real quick and just see. All right, what does CPAC 
stand for? I love Google. It tells us everything we need to know. Conservative Political Action Conference. So I was basically right. Um, and they have this big conference every every year, I think, at least once a year. You know, it's annual. And I watched some of the stuff that they did. It's horrible. The stuff that they were saying, and it, it's it's just backward. But they interviewed some of these people. And I, as I mentioned it, I think I mentioned some of this in, in last week's show, but I saw this more re recent one. And this guy was like, you know, some of the best things that have been done for this country were done by President Trump. And he's just amazing. He's an incredible president and I'm voting for him again. And I was just like, wow. Did Trump do some things that were probably good for the conservative right? Absolutely. Absolutely he did. But like I said last week, even a broken, a broken watch is right two times a day. It's not Trump's politics that bother me, even though I probably disagree with most of them, if not all of them. It's the fact that he's a grifter. I don't care if Marco Rubio or Ron DeSantis does stuff that I disagree with and I think they're horrible people. The minute you're a grifter and you're a fraud, I want nothing to do with you. And I don't think you deserve the, the right and the privileges to be the president of the United States. That is a special privilege and power that very few people get and you need to respect it. And Trump didn't and doesn't. And that's what bothers me about him. And I think a lot of the Trumpers get lost in that. They're like, but he did this and he did that and he's politically this and he brought it, blah, 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 blah. That's all well and good. I don't care. It's the crooked nature that bothers me and most people. If you took the grifting out of him, he'd just be another right-wing Republican that we just didn't care about. And that would be fine. We'd just get on with our lives and you'd either vote Democrat and a Democrat would win or you vote Republican and another Republican would win. And that would be it. But the problem or the bad is that the blinders will remain on these Trumpers. You know, regularly during the whole Black Lives Matter, like true uprising, it hasn't gone away. But during George Floyd and when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, regularly the Trumpers and the people on the right were saying things like, well, that's, you know, that's anti-American, that's anti-military, and, you know, that's anti-police, and you need to back the blue. You see that all over the place. There's Facebook pages. There's people with, you know, uh, an American flag with the blue line that says, back the blue, I stand with the police. And yet, the FBI, America's top cops, the Trumpers don't back them. So it only serves them to, quote, back the blue when it serves them. Which is really funny because when black men are being shot in the back without a weapon and black people or, or activists say that is wrong, look what the police did, this needs to be investigated, people need to go to jail, all the back the blue crowd are like, you're anti-police, how dare you? Obviously that black guy did something wrong or he shouldn't have run or he shouldn't have this and shouldn't have that. Why isn't that true for Donald Trump then? When America's top cops, the FBI, the bluest of the blue, investigates former President Donald Trump, why is it all of a sudden, well, this is political, this is a witch hunt? Why? 
because it matters to you now. It affects you, Mr. and Mrs. Trumper. You don't care when it's black or Latino kids being shot in the street. They're like, well, they shouldn't have committed the crime. Well, since when did police officers become judge, jury, and executioner? This country is built on innocent until proven guilty. You don't just shoot people in the streets and go, well, they committed a crime. I get it. In a perfect world, any criminal, black, white, gay, straight, brown, Asian, doesn't matter. In a perfect world, they wouldn't commit crimes. Or if they did, they wouldn't run from the police and end up getting shot. In a perfect world, if I were raising a black son, I would say, no matter what you do, do not run from the cops, ever. But we don't live in a perfect world. And people do make stupid choices and stupid decisions and bad, bad choices and bad decisions. But they don't deserve to be shot in the street and treated like a dog, worse than a dog. But back the blue, right? Support cops. Except for if those same cops investigate your guy. That's when you don't back the blue, right? Little black kid in the street, who cares about him? But rich billionaire who you feel some sort of connection to, no longer back the blue. It's a witch hunt. It's Hillary Clinton and her emails. It's Biden. It's let's go Brandon. It's all the crap that they believe. That's the bad. The bad is that he has taken these people who are fearful. And I saw this really good um, sort of interview with a man. I might even get this book. A gentleman who wrote this book called, I think it's called The Crack Up. I watched an interview with him this morning. I don't remember the name of the author. It was fascinating. And he was talking about how there's this this grievance, this bubbling sort of below the surface, or it was before Trump, grievance of angry white men and some angry white women that started to feel like the country wasn't the country that they were born in or believed should be because they started to notice that there were more Mexicans and that Mexicans were having more babies than white people. And the populations of Mexicans were rising, whether or not they came through illegally across the border or just lived here like American citizens and had babies. They were outnumbering white births. And same with black people. It was like, wow, there's so many black people. Everybody cares about black people and woke culture and oh my God, and everyone's kowtowing to black people. Everything's racist. And the grievance just bubbled and bubbled and bubbled. And then you have like the coal industry failing and people out of jobs, people with lack of college education who felt like this whole sort of American dream was set up for the rich and the wealthy and for minorities now and that it didn't include them. So now they didn't make as much money. They perhaps lost their jobs. Their industries weren't respected. If you didn't have a college degree, you weren't respected. If you lived in a trailer, you weren't respected. All of the politicians, oh my gosh, you know, Biden, I'm sorry, Biden, Obama became president and he was elitist. So the bubbling and the bubbling and the seething 
started to come up and it was just too much. It's like, what? We have a black president. And then even some of them may have voted for him, but they felt like he didn't speak for them. And it became bubbly and bubbly and bubbly. And remember when Donald Trump even started to consider running for president of the United States? What was the first thing he sort of started to tap into? He said, Barack Obama wasn't born in the United States. Now, I'm not saying is illegal, but show me the papers. Barack Obama is a Muslim. No, sir, everybody, he's a Christian. He goes to church. He always says, no, I mean, that's what he says. And he just threw that out there. And all of those people who are angry and seething and, and, and realize that this country isn't just a white, quote, Christian nation is becoming a little browner, a little browner, and a little browner. They say by 2045, it will no longer be a white majority. That's scary if your identity is white race. If you're just a white person, you're like, hey, look, diversity is great. But if you're one of the seething, bubbling people who are like, wait, what does that mean for me? And they felt threatened and forgotten about. And I will say this before I continue on with that. Nobody deserves to be forgotten about in this country. Whether you're rich, you're poor, you're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're Mexican, you're Native American, all of those things, whatever you are, whatever you identify as, whatever you were born as, male, female, no one deserves to be forgotten about. And just because you have a college education, it doesn't make you better than someone who doesn't. And that is a shame that our country has sort of, in the past, sort of steered into this way that, you know, those people are useless and nothing because they're hillbillies. And I'm sure I'm part of that problem. But the anger and the rage and the the fear that was just seething and just ready to be capitalized on, and then, poof, Donald Trump just drops in because he recognized it. Remember, Donald Trump was a Democrat for his entire life. He gave money to the Clintons to support their campaigns. He was pro-choice for his entire life, never spent any time in churches, didn't care about religion, but he saw a weakness in our country. And he knew if he could exploit that, he could harness the pain and the fear of that group of people. And he did it. It was brilliant. And so he didn't just harness those people. He also got people who were like, reality star? (laughs) Let's just try it. Let's just vote for Trump. What do we have to lose? Or he got people who were like, well, I hate Hillary Clinton. I'm never voting for her, so I'll take Trump. He also got people who were like, I hate politics. I hate the government. Let's blow up the government and just try something new because what do we have to lose? And then you got people who are like, look, this guy's a rich billionaire. And that's questionable, but whatever. We've never seen his taxes. Remember, he's lied and lied and lied and lied. I will show you my taxes if dot, 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 and all those things happen. And he never did. But still, he got these people who were the rich billionaires. I'm sorry, who, who were also rich, who were like, I'm sorry, let me start this whole sentence over. He got these people who believed because he was a rich billionaire that maybe he could treat the country like a business and and make it run like a well-oiled machine and everyone would have money and everyone have resources and wouldn't that be great? But the country cannot be run like a business. It's different. 
In businesses, you say you do the job or you're fired. You do what I want or you're fired. You do what I want or you're going to be changed into a different part, a department. You can dictate. You can't dictate as the president of the United States. But Donald Trump tried to. And so he seized all of these people and he scooped them right up. And most of them were quiet because they didn't want to be called racist. They didn't want to be, you know, put, lift their head up above ground and be picked on or be bothered or be told they're bad people because of whatever reason, whether they're, you know, someone who lived in the deep South or someone who didn't have a lot of money or someone who had so much money that was like, hey, this billionaire, if he becomes president, he might actually put some good tax codes in or maybe lower the taxes on the rich and make me make more money, which he actually did, by the way. He did lower taxes on the rich. And he scooped up this whole section, this whole segment of society, while the rest of us were like not paying attention, mostly, going, Trump will never win. He did his grab him by the pussy thing. We're like, oh my God, he's disgusting. He'll never win. He made fun of people. He was, you know, whether they were handicapped, he, he, he touted violence. He made jokes at people's expense. He said things to Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, like, you know, your wife is ugly. People laughed and then they voted for him. And the rest of us were in shock. I remember I cried that day because I couldn't believe this grifter was now the president of the United States. And I didn't even know how bad he actually was. I knew he was bad, but I didn't know he was that bad. So that's where we are now is most people are starting to shed away from Donald Trump. Not most, but many. They go, oh my God, I, I don't want anything to do with this. This guy is crooked. Or even if they don't necessarily think he's crooked, they're like, we just want a guy who can win. Donald Trump has too much baggage. You know, if it came down to Biden and Trump again, I would still vote for Trump, but we'd like someone else, maybe Ron DeSantis. They've done poll after poll, and that's what a lot of people think. But the rest of the people who he's got in his pocket, the cult following, that brings us to the ugly, right? We talked about the good, maybe Donald Trump finally getting his comeuppance, finally getting punished. We talked about the bad. What got us to this place, the, the, the injury that he's done to this country, and now the ugly. And the ugly is really ugly. The ugly is this. One of my favorite sayings, I think it's, is it, is it chemistry? Is it, oh, I never remember what it's from, but for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And I think that's true in life, not just from a scientific perspective. While many of us are celebrating and we're like, yes, finally. I mean, again, if you look at Twitter right now, it's blowing up with people who are like, this is a glorious day. This is great. Finally, we've been waiting. Again, not because it's a political game, because he's a crook. We're happy. But the ugly part is Trump's followers are angry, violent, dangerous people. I'm talking about the loyalist of loyal. Not the old lady who just loves Trump, who sits in a rocking chair and watches him on TV. She's just going to do her thing and shake her fist at the TV and think it's terrible. I'm talking about the ones that stormed the Capitol that got away with it 
or the ones that wanted to storm the Capitol that couldn't afford the ticket, couldn't afford the gas, couldn't afford the time off of work, or didn't really consider coming or didn't hear about it, but would have been there if they could have been. Violent, dangerous, angry people. And you see in our society what happens when you take angry white men and you give them guns. You take young angry white men and they shoot up schools, which is really interesting, by the way, because you regularly hear about what about black people and gang violence and gang crimes and all that. All of that stuff is regularly investigated. There are, there are church organizations. There are black organizations that are working to um, try to take back the black community, to try to mentor young men so that they go down the right path. But when you look at all of the school shootings, what is it, 99.9999999% of them are done by white males. So white males are incredibly dangerous people when they're angry. And that's not racist. It's just a fact. Because the number one way that kids die today now is gun violence. And a lot of that has to do with school shootings. So that's the ugly part. If you and I think that this will just be a glorious day and Trump will just be investigated and, you know, people will go, that sucks, that's wrong, and then we're just going to get on with our lives, we are sadly mistaken. Because God forbid, if he, because what I did find out that if he did take some kind of presidential records or something, which it kind of sounds like he did, um, it's a federal crime. And once you are convicted of a federal crime, what happens? Forget about whatever punishment he may or may not get. You cannot run for office ever again. And so if Trump is taken away from these people who love and adore him the same way that cult leaders are loved and adored, they're not going to go quietly. There will be violence. There will be angry people, angry mobs taking to the street, and it's going to be ugly. I don't know who, I don't know where, and I don't know when. But I can tell you what, it will happen. Whether it's one lone wolf who shoots up God knows who, or, you know, sends something in the mail to somebody politically, or if it's something in person, that's really ugly. And it shows, it shows just how immersed the bubbling, seething anger was, and how Trump, in his stupidity, was able to be genius enough to capitalize on that thing that fires that group up, that anger, and to bring those people to the voting boxes. That's all that Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing. She's trying to capitalize on the same group. That's all a little bit of what Ron DeSantis does. That's what Carrie Lake, who's running for governor of Arizona, is doing. She's saying that the, the election was a complete fraud. You know, there's so many people that are just like, I want to do the same thing. The Josh Hollies of the world, senator from, I think, Kansas. They know that there's power there and that those people vote. And that's the group that put Donald Trump in office. And it's scary because I don't know what they're going to do. They're angry with minorities. They're angry with diversity. They're angry with the new world order. They're angry with all the conspiracy theories and all the, the garbage that they hear that they think is true. 
I mean, look at Alex Jones. He has some $400 million, his company, just by telling lies and conspiracy theories. Thank God he just got convicted of, you know, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to that whole case, but he basically told lies about Sandy Hook, this one of the the, the worst young school shootings in our, our country's history, like young kids. It was an elementary school. Generally speaking, it's usually high schools, you know, other than unfortunately Uvalde and maybe, I don't even know if there's, there's so many, it's hard to keep track of, but Sandy Hook was the first one where it was like little, little kids. And, um, that I know of anyway, and I think that's the case. But he lied about it, Alex did. And Alex Jones is his name, and he has a, a radio show and a podcast, and it's called, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but I don't even wanna promote it, so I probably shouldn't even say it. Um, but he lied for years saying that Sandy Hook was a false flag operation, meaning it was just a way to get people to vote this way or that, or to believe politically this way or that, that it never happened, that the parents who, pre they, they pretended that their kids were shot, that the kids didn't exist and the parents were actors. How deplorable is that? And they believed, the, the, the same people who vote for Trump are Alex Jones followers. And they believed him so much that they would follow around the parents. They would drive by their houses. They found out where they lived. I don't know if Alex Jones told them a lot of information he definitely put out there, but they would drive by these people's homes and honk their horns and yell out the kid's name and say, you know, you're a liar. Can you imagine? You lost your six-year-old in a school shooting. Some, what, 10, 12, 15 years ago, I don't even know when it was. And you're still, you'll never get over it. But you still have to deal with that kind of a scumbag saying it wasn't real, that you're fake and your kid didn't exist. And all of his Looney Tune followers threaten these people. And, and just don't let them live the rest of their lives in peace. Thankfully, the courts say he has to pay some $45.2 million dollars. It's never going to be enough. They lost their child. And then he just took a hot coal and stabbed them in their back and twisted it again, metaphorically. So it's a dangerous thing when people who already feel a grievance, who already feel wronged, who already feel threatened, who already feel displaced and unsupported by this country and the direction that it's going. It's a dangerous thing when their hero Donald Trump is investigated by the FBI and perhaps will be punished criminally and perhaps will not be able to run. Or if all of this somehow goes away and he does run and he loses, still they're gonna be angry because they don't understand a world where he could possibly lose because he tells them regularly that if he loses, it was rigged and if he wins, it was right, which is just utterly ridiculous. So that's the bad and the ugly, really. But it's scary. We don't know what's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong, actually. I really, really hope I'm wrong. <sighs> At the very least, I hope that Trump is found guilty of something to do with whatever's in that safe and cannot run for president. I think it's almost too dangerous if he goes, you know, into an orange jumpsuit and has to go to prison, all hell would break loose. 
I mean, how do you house a former president? Like he's going to be in solitary? Like, how does that even work? You have to build a special prison for him? Like it just, it's a security nightmare. So at the very least, I just hope he can't run for president because this country deserves better. Again, Ron DeSantis, not my favorite guy, but he seems to be sort of the guy to fall in line and be next for people to vote for. I don't know. I am happy to say that Biden has had an amazing last few months. First of all, a couple of months, literally, gas prices have been dropping. Um, he just passed some monumental legislation for climate change, renewable energy, um, let's see, prescription cost caps, which I know a lot of my audience, most of you guys are like mm, 21 to about 35 years old. You don't care about the cost of prescriptions for the most part, but I can tell you your parents and your grandparents do because the prices of drugs like insulin, which is for diabetes, which millions and millions of Americans had, have, has skyrocketed because somebody wanted to make money off of it. And so they put a cap for those who are, uh, use Medicaid on the cost of insulin. The Democrats wanted a cross the board cap, but the Republicans said no, and they had to take that out of this bill. But at least it was a start. They also closed a loophole on the richest billionaires in the United States who found that they didn't have to pay any taxes because there was a tax loophole. Well, now they do have to pay taxes. I think it's some at the 15% level. So that's a huge change. There's so many things. They literally passed monumental, historic, historic legislation just this past week, as well as the CHIPS Act, which is you know making sure technology is supported and built and grown in the United States so that we don't have all these supply chain issues. You know, when the pandemic happened, we have all these things that are shipped in from other countries. Well, now we're investing in our own country to do these things, to build these technologies, pieces of technology. And that way it creates jobs and we don't have to worry about supply chain issues when we have the next pandemic or the next thing or war with Russia or war with whoever. So a lot of stuff has been done. And I know for a fact that young people, specifically in their 20s and 30s, deeply care about climate change. And they passed the most sweeping climate change legislation in the history of this country. And that's something to be proud of especially somebody like me cares about renewable energy. You know, just picking a state in the Union, Union New Hampshire, where my mother-in-law and some family members live, their, their electricity is doubling, doubling. Now, when you live in a place that has snow and cold, that's a lot of money out of your pocket. If we focus on renewable energy, like wind and solar, that can lower your rates and we can have more and it'll cost less and create newer in industries and new jobs. So it's a big deal. I know people are like, oh, Sleepy Joe, and what's he really doing? But he was able to set an agenda and Congress was able to pull this off. And it only happened because we had a slight majority and Kamala Harris as vice president broke the tie. It was a tie and she broke the tie and we were able to pass this legislation. I say we like I did it, but we Democrats. So we have to vote blue in November so we don't lose the House or the Senate for that matter. And in the meantime, we just have to wait and see what happens with Donald Trump. I don't know what's going to happen. 
Only time will tell. I'm sure I'll be doing another podcast about this. But what I can tell you that I know for sure is that he is guilty of many, many crimes. That he is a grifter, he is a liar, and he's a cheat who did not deserve the privilege to be president, the privilege of being president. And you cannot compare him to past politicians when everybody says, but they all lie. Yes, the majority of politicians bend the truth and or lie because they have to try to make people happy. That's very different. That, like, well, uh, yes, I vote for a tax hike. Uh, no, I don't vote for a tax hike. That sucks, but it's very different when you're lying about criminal behavior and activities. It's very different when you're stealing from the American public. It's very different when you're a traitor and you're meeting with Russian oligarchs like he actually did. It's very different when you play, you know, kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy with Chinese leaders who are our nemesis. <laughs> That's who Donald, Donald J. Trump is. So I really hope he gets what's coming to him, whatever that is. And in the meantime, the rest of us just have to hang on to our seats because I think it's going to be a bumpy ride. That's what I think anyway. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it.